Welcome to a new week. You know, we, we tend to lump in our Sundays with our Saturdays, and we call it a weekend, right? But I try and remember that in our Christian tradition, it's the first day of the week, right? The first thing we're supposed to do in a week of our lives is to rest on God's day of Sabbath. Just be. And believe it or not, I try to do that as much as I can once I leave this building. I may putter around the backyard a bit and get in touch with God's creation, but I make time to spend time with my family and to reflect and to pray. And yes, sometimes I I will have a bit of fun just to keep it real, right? I, I love the feeling on Sundays of having the burdens of the week lifted. And preparing to have a good week ahead. I need that time because I'm not a very perfect person. I make mistakes. <laughs> right? If I don't get my rest, my exercise, my recreation, I lose focus. And even with it, I've made some pretty big mistakes along the way. I made a big mistake once with a prop that I used for a sermon when I was just starting to preach as a lay speaker many years ago. I was preaching about Jesus and his disciples turning a few loaves and fishes into a big meal for people who had come to hear Jesus preach. Now, in the time of Jesus, probably this fish would have been heavily salted to keep the fish from going bad, since they had no ice boxes or refrigerators. Heavily salted fish is still a popular food for some people, including the Portuguese, who call it bacalao. I knew this, and so just before the sermon, I got a piece of frozen bacalao at at the store. And, well, I didn't realize that even with the set heavy salt, once you unwrap it and you unfreeze it, it smells very, very fishy. And when I unwrapped it at the church, I smelled a big problem. So I fired up the church kitchen oven, and I tried to bake out the smell, and that was a bigger mistake. Because then the whole church reeked of salty fish. And somehow I got through that sermon, but I had to thank those four people for their patience. I still make mistakes. Every Sunday, when I lead worship and preach, I'll always make mistakes. But God is here on Sundays to remind us that being a Christian is not about being perfect, but being perfectly willing to let the power of God's pure love start to take over our lives. Like that piece of fish, there's always going to be stinky parts of my life because I'm human. We're all human. But like that piece of salted fish, God's purity can start to seep into our lives. Not just to season it with a little bit of flavor, like we use salt at our meals, but to let it seep in all the way to preserve us, to keep what is life-giving alive and vital, even when the rest of us is still kind of stinky. God knows the difference between people willing to get as salty as they can with God and people who just sprinkle a bit of God on their lives. 
And when we don't allow God's purity to seep into our lives, others will know the difference very quickly too, right? In today's reading from the book of Numbers, God asks Moses, God's leader for Israel, to bring the 70 top leaders of Israel to their tent of worship, to be touched by God's Holy Spirit. Now these leaders went there, and they received God's Spirit. But it seems to have been a one-time touch. These leaders weren't ready to let God seep into them through God's Spirit deeply. But nothing stops God from choosing people who will let God's deep perfection seep into their lives. Two everyday people from Israel, Medad and Eldad, outside the worship tent, they were also touched that day by God's Spirit and became powerful witnesses to God's power in their lives. Our position in our lives or in the church doesn't determine our saltiness with God. Wherever God can sink in to allow God's goodness to save us, God's going to do it. And it will often be in the most unlikely of people, in the most unlikely situations. Who would have thought, after all, that God would come to earth as Jesus, the son of a simple family, in a tiny village, in a forgotten part of Israel, a village that wasn't considered very good, even by the standards of the neighboring villages. Our God came to us as a person from a place where God's salt wasn't expected to show up much at all. Much less seep in to people. God wants us to get salty, to let everything good and pure from our Lord and God to come into us and preserve our lives now and forever. God wants it to seep into us and to help us to be as salty as God's promises to us. Salt was very important in the times of Moses and Jesus, not only for preserving and purifying, but for making agreements, keeping promises. A covenant agreement was said back then to be salted when people were ready to be committed to it, willing to try to keep their promises to other people pure, no matter how stanky things might get between them. God's covenant with us through Jesus is that God's salt is meant for everyone, including us, no matter where we've come from, no matter where we are in our lives. God won't ever give up offering us the purity of God's love and power in our lives. God even endured torture and the cross for us as Jesus, Christ our Savior, so that we could know how pure and clean God's promises were to us. No matter how stinky we may get, God's going to keep trying to help us get salty. And yet, there's going to come a time when either we're willing to be salty or we're not. There comes a time when, by God's grace, we will be standing before God. And God's going to ask us, were you salty for me? Did you try to 
preserved all that pure goodness that I gave you when you were born? Did you try to let that goodness seep into you and others? Like salt preserving a fish even when the going got stinky. Or did you just throw my salty goodness on the ground and mix it up with the dirt of life until you couldn't tell what was the good that comes from God and what was just our own human mess? If you spent a lifetime throwing God's salt away, it's not going to be easy to find God's salt when you need it the most. And this is true for God's church as much as for any other group of people in the world. In today's reading from Mark's Gospel, the followers of Jesus were upset because there were people outside their close-knit circle who were healing people in the name of Jesus, like men at an Elbeck. They wanted Jesus to condemn these people who were healing other people. But Jesus refused to do that. Jesus knew that God's salt seeps in wherever and however God needs it to. Amen? In the time of Moses, God's salt was seeping into Eldad and Medad, two ordinary people of Israel outside of God's tent, right? And then in the time of Jesus, God was preparing the whole world to be salted through Jesus, not just the Israelites who worshiped God. And so Jesus challenged his followers like he challenges us to stop thinking that any person or any group of people has cornered the market on God's salt. God's pure love, God's pure goodness and mercy, God's pure and everlasting peace, God's pure and everlasting commitment, God and only God can bring it to us. And God and only God can help us to be saved by the purity of God. Jesus said to his disciples, salt is good, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how's it going to become salty again? God salts for everyone, but no one can fake being purely salted by God in front of God. How do we have it? Or we don't. And so, Jesus reminded his followers, keep salt in yourselves. And keep peace with one another. Like once salty people, devoted to being filled with the peace from God that preserves us. God wants a salty church. Filled with people, devoted to helping one another and God's world be salted by God's pure light. And devotion doesn't happen with a sprinkle or a dash of God's salt. Devotion comes when we make a conscious and willing decision to start rolling in God's salt, to let it start filling all the nooks and crannies of our lives, even those places where it might sting a bit at first to feel God's purity washing over the stinkiness of our lives. It takes prayer. It takes Sabbath. It takes a commitment to reading the Bible, God's plan for redeeming us, and living out that plan. It takes a devotion to growing with one another in faith, in our faith groups and other small gatherings of Christians who hold one another accountable to their faith. 
It takes devotion to helping and healing God's world so that we can become of God's plan resulting all of creation. There's joy in being salty. There's peace in being salty. There's strength beyond human strength in being salty. There's love, deep love in being salty. Love that seeps into the very marrow of our bones and the deepest depths of our heart. There's new life when we surrender to being salty for God. Life is pure as that newborn baby washed in the salty waters of God's redeeming love. We can go through life with just a dash of God's salt in our lives. And then, where will our salt be? Where will our life be? It's salty. There's always time to find it and get it and be preserved in it. To grow a church that's pure in God's salt, a church that invites everyone to get salty. But the best time to get salty is now. Please, for the sake of God's kingdom, get salty. Now. Thank you for a beautiful morning of worship. It's time now for the prayers of the people. Time when we lift up our joys and concerns. And we have a few prayers this morning. Uh, we pray for Betty Peterson. Please pray for Betty, Betty as she goes in for surgery on her knee. And we pray that that goes smoothly. And she joins the great fellowship of people in this church who have made it through knee surgery a reasonable degree of success. Um, we pray a special prayer uh, on behalf of Jerry Taylor. Our flowers and our little bloom here is in memory of Michael McCabe. Um, it would have been his 16th birthday. Um, and and Al, Al Taylor is one who uh, passed away in 05. Both are in God's kingdom in heaven. And we thank you for remembering them and lifting up their joy. Uh, we pray for Bob Leppinger, who's just placed in hospice. Please be mindful of him, and please, if you'd like to arrange a visit with me, I'd be glad to do that. Please pray for Evelyn White, friend of Corky's, as she meets her challenges. We also pray for people in our community. We are not apart from the world. We pray in the world and for the world. This is a long one. And I can pretty much read it. For Paul and Richard and Rachel and Tim, Paul for a job and a place to live, for loneliness and reconciliation, for loneliness and reconciliation with family. Richard and Rachel, twins to be safe in their future, and for Tim, for salvation and reconciliation with Paula. There's someone who's thinking their prayers for you. I know what they want and need from God. We've got Stephen, Holly, Bill, 
Evelyn, and Lynn, and Cliff. Sometimes it's good just to remember the names of people who we have in our hearts. See, everybody's teaching us how to pray. Isn't that interesting? We pray for Joan Wilson. Pray for you to be encouraged and to be brought into wellness through your, her surgeries. And she is thanked for everything that she's given to her family. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, on the day of just being in your everlasting love, we thank you for the people around us. We thank you for the light that beats in our hearts and in our lungs, breathes in and out your air. We thank you for everybody who we are loved and even those who were challenged to love. And we thank most especially those who have passed from our lives, who have fallen in our hearts and are still part of life. And life everlasting. We thank you for all the good people in our community who come to us with their prayers. Help us to pray for the world. And we pray that we can grow as a church as people who are filled with your love, preserved by your love, and transformed by it. That the world might be salty in new ways that we can only imagine in the smallest ways now. And that will bring forth the kingdom of God. Heal us, protect us, and do all things that you can that we may be with you. We pray in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. What a joy it is to be with you all here today, in the presence of the God of everlasting love. We are God's church. We do God's work in love, and as part of that, we offer our tithes and offerings that God's love may flourish on this earth through God's church. Please join us now.
worship. I hope that the rest of the day is beautiful and sunny and that we can begin on this first day of the week to keep our charge people. Let's say this together. Be salty! Be filled with the pure gifts of God that preserve what God wants to save in us and share those pure gifts from God with others at God's church. God's world salty together. And now may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's face upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord of all love and power and might and hope lift up God's countenance upon us and grant us peace now and forever. And may the people of God, touched by God, living in God, and growing in God, say with kick-butt enthusiasm, Amen! Amen.